0: sex is how we exist. Sex is often our most joyful experiences, but it can also be some of our most traumatic. And I think that just speaks to how powerful sex really is in our lives, yet we just ignore it. We don't talk about it. We don't educate about it. And we're just hoping, all hoping that we're going to have this thriving, passionate sex life that's going to be somehow indicative of this better life that we're having, yet we don't
1: Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 podcast. Here we go.
2: Hello and welcome to the Almost 30 podcast. Hello everyone. It's Lindsay and Krista, your best friends uh, from afar. And we started this when we were going through our transition from our 20s to our 30s. I'm sure a lot of you out there are in it and it's interesting, Uh, but we just felt like we didn't have the answers. We felt lost. We felt a little bit frustrated because- I was depressed. Y'all, college does not, (laughs) truly- Set me up for life. College does not prepare you for this at all. And so um, we wanted to bring the conversation to the airway and make you feel less alone. So here we are three years later. Yeah, we, talk about, we talked
1: about the environment recently, which was really great. Mm-hmm. We've talked about social justice, social justice, social justice, social justice, <laughs> social justice <laughs> issues. We talked about sexuality, femininity, masculine, feminine, relationship, sex, all of that. We really don't put ourselves in a box as many of the women in our community. We are dynamic and diverse. Yeah.
2: And we Damn love it. you. We've been on tour for the last two years. So meeting you in person has, I think just one, it's a differentiator. I don't think a ton of podcasts are doing it, but it's really inspired every part of you know our content, our business, and just why we do this. So shout out to y'all if you've been on tour, um, Thank you for coming and we'll be on tour later this year. So stay tuned for those dates. Um, Just a few orders of business before we get into this week's topic and guests, which we're so pumped about, uh, we're announcing something special on Monday. Oh, yes. (laughs) So if you guys are part of our community,
1: you may know, but we are announcing our 2020 retreats on Monday. So last year we brought together 24 amazing women uh, in Malibu at Calamigos Ranch, five-star Calamigos Ghost Ranch, Mm -hmm. restoration hardware vibes in the canyon. It's so beautiful. And we had people like Shan Booty, you know, Milana Snow. We did Reiki, astrology, breathwork, relationships, health, wellness. We went to the pool. We went to the beach. We had amazing food, all of the things. It's almost 30
2: in Friends. It is thoughtful and conscious. And we are pumped to launch it on Monday, baby. Yeah, so if you're interested, I can tell you from just keeping in touch with people who came last year that- it was really impactful they and they Zoom calls. They literally connect with each other all the time and yeah. so just learn more on our website almost30podcast.com slash retreat and if you're called I say come it's going to be just such a blast.
1: Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. So check the website almost30podcast.com we will have the retreat page on there with more information. There are payment plans for you and then yeah, pumped to see you in Malibu. DM us if you have any questions. Happy 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 to help. And another note on that what I love about what we do for these Retreats. And what's been so fun about owning a business is like implementing things that you wish you saw in the world. And one of those was like to have the people and the attendees fill out a form so that we can really get to know them before they come and make sure their experiences is incredible. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to be as thoughtful as possible with this, and you will fill out a form that explains who you are, your intention, all of these quirks that you may have, everything that you're looking forward to doing at the retreat, what you're a little nervous about, et cetera. And we really cater it to you because we want you to feel special
2: and important at our retreat. Yeah, can't wait to see you. And another note, um, we are launching the new Podcast Pro program and we are hosting a free online training Sunday, January 19th. And we are giving you our five tips to get your first thousand listeners and turn it into a million. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. So if you've been interested
1: in podcasting, no, just come on. It's casual. It's just us. Um, And Lindsay and I have learned a lot in the past three years. I will proudly say that. Um, We've had highs and we've had lows, but we've really learned a lot about podcasting and we really want to just help you get from you know, where you want to go just much easier than we may have, we may have had. So this free online training, you can go to the, your podcast pro website. That's Y-O-U-R podcast pro.com to find out more information and join that today.
2: Yeah. Um, Okay. Biz is done. Super excited. On the podcast today, we have Alexandra Fine, who is the CEO and co-founder of Dame Products. She is a sexologist. I, man, oh man, I've, I love having these conversations, conversations that in my life, sure, I've talked about with close friends, but to kind of strip the stigma and have a really fun, experimental, just eye-opening conversation about sex, about pleasure, about relationships was just refreshing. Yeah. And she talks about being open in her relationship, which mm-hmm. I
1: feel like has been coming up so much. I really appreciate that she is an actual sexologist and she had her friends like try on the molds of the vagina for her <laughs> products and like has been passionate about it from the get. She's really been someone that has been sex positive forever. So this is about entrepreneurship, but this is also about femininity, sexuality. This is about um, relationships and how she navigates her relationship as a CEO of a sex wellness company. I actually follow her on Twitter and I have for a long time. And I remember reading a tweet where she said one time, one of her biggest relationship hacks is to have sex before dinner. Sex is an embodied act and our bodies are impacted by light temperature, food and other environmental factors. And I actually do this whenever I can is having sex before you go to the dinner rather than after, because Mm -hmm. after I never want to. I'm so full, like you have to, it's, it's just a deal and you're tired and all of those things. So I
2: completely am in alignment with that and I'm- down for all the relationship sex facts. Truly. And she's so open. I just loved like the ease with which she talked about her childhood and growing up and how she's always been so curious. And, you know, there were people or situations in her life that kind of maybe saw that as something shameful, but she just plowed through. I love like talking to people who have that confidence innately in themselves. Um, So we're really excited to share this conversation. Um, We actually... Of course, have a discount code so you can go to Dame products. Sorry for
1: providing you Sorry. <laughs>
2: Sorry for making your life awesome. No, these, (laughs) the toys are incredible. They are made from silicone or medical grade silicone. They're fun. They actually work uh, and they are safe. They're tested by real humans, but you can use our code almost 30 for 15% off at dameproducts.com. Yeah, my favorite from their products is the Fin. I've had it forever. The Palm is also also a
1: good one. And then the Eva 2 is for, Two people don't be afraid of the eva too y'all be afraid of the eva Two, it so- has some little wings on it <laughs> you got it uh dame products code is almost 30 thank you so much alexandra for joining us on almost 30 podcast we love having conversations like this we appreciate you uh we will see you guys at the free training for podcasting that is happening on the 19th and we'll see you in malibu
2: can't wait And we just wanted to add that the audio at about 45 minutes into this episode is slightly altered and different. Uh, We switched to just the Zoom audio. We had some technical difficulties in the studio, but it should not affect your experience taking in this conversation with Alexandra Fine. Love ya. Love ya. I am juggling quite a bit lately. I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health
1: Well, we're so excited to talk. I feel like it's been like quite some time. I mean, we worked with you guys, working with you again, but we worked with you guys, I think, over a year ago. And I remember getting my first mm-hmm. EVA, my first product, yeah. probably over a year and a half ago, and just loving it and really just aligning with your brand story and everything like that. So I'm pumped to talk to you today.
0: Yeah. And honestly, those, I feel like we did, um, we paid for some ad space. Yep. over mm-hmm. time, that really like at first I was like, okay, you know, yeah, honestly, then, <laughs> it really built, You guys. I, I it must have been a wild ride for you guys. I feel like it's mm-hmm. it, it's been really cool to watch you guys grow
2: and to just like... and it's it's cool to um, have these conversations with with the audience around topics that maybe at one point for them were a little bit taboo and they were afraid to talk about, and the more that we've talked about it. The more like products like Dame, you know Dame has, like they're like, oh wow, yeah, I really want to want to try them, and it's been super empowering. And they talk about it in our secret Facebook group. It's been really cool. So we love you guys awesome. and love my Eva. I just charged it last night. <laughs> you guys
0: have like <laughs> Palmia, which is the partner one, right? No, Eva's the partner one. Then there's Finn, that's also a partner one that you oh, can I have Finn fans. and then we have this one that's squishy.
1: That's my favorite. Oh. Okay. I would love to just get started. You know, in our conversation, I wanna talk about a few things. I wanna talk about the importance of sexual health. I wanna talk about your journey as a female founder in a space that just tease you up perfectly to have discrimination um, for your age for your gender because you are talking about sex products all of the things and I want to talk about um, what it's like to be an entrepreneur you know we're really in that space and we find it to be amazing and challenging all at the same time but yeah. I think pulling back the curtain for a lot of people that are inspired but also letting them know like what really goes on you know when you are owning your own company and when you are building your own business yeah. uh, can be very different than what people are seeing on Instagram but I would like to start you know, I know you have a co-founder with, with you that works on, on the brand, but I would love to hear about you know your journey to creating Dame. Sure. Um, it's such a unique business that I think our girls would love to hear how you came up with the idea and really built it to where it is today.
0: Yeah. Well, I was born in 1988 <laughs> in Long Island, New York.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I really do think that for me, my journey to sexual wellness starts when i'm pretty young i mean when i was six my aunt brought me my cool aunt who lived in manhattan brought me to a party where i met some drag queens and they explained everything to me about like learning how to strut my stuff down the catwalk they like showed me how to do a catwalk which was super fun um and also explained how they were born boys and like to dress up or all these things i went back to my first grade class to explain the difference between what it meant to be a drag queen versus transgender. And I got in trouble. Like the teacher called the principal, the principal called my parents. My parents were so upset with my aunt, you know, and I experienced this feeling of getting in trouble when nobody explained to me how I caused any harm. Like I was just kind of explaining this truth that to me felt so profound. Like I remember walking into this party and being like, Oh my god, Long Island is a bubble, which is like <laughs> turns out a motif of my life, but it was a really powerful experience for me and I wanted to share it. And then kind of from there, you know, I think I went through so many experiences that I hear now from so many other young, curious, life-loving women, like I was so excited to explore my body. I was so excited to be a Samantha in the world. And then quickly found out that Samantha exists on the TV, and in real life, if you act like Samantha, people are going to high five the boy that you kissed and kind of snicker at you behind closed doors. And I think that also really impact, like really sparked a fire in me of like loving this topic, trying to understand why sex both felt so empowering for me um, and so disempowering at the same time. Yeah, like how absolutely. how am I feeling both of those things? And I just really wanted to explore it. I got, went to college, thought I wanted to be a sex therapist, ended up getting my master's in clinical psychology. Again, just still just so passionate about sexuality, but ultimately realized I was like way too impatient to be a therapist. I ended up working in consumer goods, selling all-natural shampoo. And while I was there, I realized that I love entrepreneurship. And I'm gonna talk about why like I felt like through entrepreneurship I can make an impact in people's lives in a grander scale than maybe the depth, the the smaller scale of therapy. So so many ways to be a therapist. And I just started making vibrators in my kitchen. All of my wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I had this one crazy idea, which ended up being EVA for a hands-free control vibrator that can be worn during sex. I was looking at consumer goods, I felt like, oh my God, there's this huge consumer good category that it's right into my passion, which is toys for sex. The whole industry feels so out of date. And there are really interesting products. I knew that the products weren't solving the right problems. Like I was looking for a product that was easy to use with my partner that provided control stimulation in a way that didn't ask him to have a less than ideal experience. Um, so we could both get all of the pleasure we wanted out of our sex. So I started making these vibrators and having my friends come over and try them. Eva is designed to stay nestled in the vulva. So it uses these bendable wings that move with your body to stay in place. And that was pretty hard to develop. So I had friends come over and try these things out and do like plies naked in front of me. So I have really great (laughs) friends. Oh Uh, my God. I I love that. I mean, visual, like it's... If you want to know if something works, seeing somebody interact with it is really the most effective way. Um, And then I was really blessed to meet my co-founder, Janet, who went to MIT for mechanical engineering she was also trying to start a sex toy company at the same time as me. And I think that really Whoa. proves how, how lacking the industry is and how many women were interested or saw the opportunity there. It wasn't just me. So she took these crazy prototypes I was making, tried, tried them at home and was like, I can make this for you. So she used to design 3D printers and then we used those 3D printers to create prototypes that we had people test and try. We had about 70 couples test Eva before we went live on Indiegogo, um, which is a crowdfunding platform where we raised $575,000 in 45 wow. days for our product. Wow. What was the goal? The goal was 50000 So that was... What? That's uh, insane. It was insane. I mean... What? It was funny because like people are like, did you you know, people like, Oh, were you, how were you surprised by the success? And like, yes, it was a runaway success campaign. So in some ways, like, you know, I was hoping we were gonna do two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But on the flip side, like, I had just been unemployed for the past six months working on this vibrator because I really believed it was a powerful thing that needed to exist in the world and was a good idea. So I was both So humbled and grateful that, like, people showed up and saw the vision that I was trying to create, and also did feel like people were like, Are you were you surprised? And it's like a little bit, but I also really believed that this was a good idea. Yeah, that's how we got started. Since then, we've just kind of been growing every year. Now we have about seven different products, everything from Vibrators designed for couples, vibrators designed for masturbation, to all natural lubricants and a body positioning pillow, and we're going to keep on expanding. We really want to be a holistic one-stop shop for all of
2: your all of
0: your sexual needs. So stay tuned.
2: Mm. So much to unpack, um, but I'd love like you know, I love how your vision and your passion for, um, this industry and like the lack thereof lack of products that were more like sex positive and female centered or focused. And like, I'm just curious, you know, was there any like doubt and shame just because, you know, you said your parents reaction to, you know, you talking about meeting, um, you know, transgender, uh, people at a party in school was like, oh my God, like, how could our child talk about that? So around this venture and this passion, you know, did you have any pushback and how did you, you know, move forward? Cause you seem like, just like, Hey, I'm doing this, like, yeah, please step aside. But for people out there who are doing something that maybe their family is like, whoa, what are you doing? How can they navigate that?
3: Oh
0: man, it's a tough, it's a tough question. So for me, by the time I started this business, I had already gotten my master's in clinical psychology with the hopes of being a sex therapist. So my parents were really comfortable with the part of my life that was pro-sex or sex positive. They like knew that that was important to me. In fact, they were so happy that I... like I'm Jewish. So they were so excited that I was becoming an entrepreneur instead of a therapist. They were like, that's... My dad was like so <laughs> excited, um, and like I remember going to the country club and seeing my grandma while I was working on it, and she was sitting with all of her lady friends that they, you know, play mahjong with, and she was like, "Alexandra, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh well." I realized, "Oh my god, I'm about to explain to a bunch of like 80 plus year old women what I do." <laughs> I was like, "I'm starting a sex toy company," and it was like dead silent, and then one of them goes. I'll take one. And oh, whoa, the whole <laughs> table is like into it. So I think, I think it depends. I, I think if you put yourself out there and if you are unashamed of what you're doing, sometimes it's really surprising how people will respond without that shame too. Like you've just given them the language and a visualization about what it looks like to be unashamed about wanting sexual pleasure. And so many people, that's all they needed to then not have shame for themselves. But I think it's hard. And I think, you know, like I, I tend to want to give people advice to do what feels right for them. I think listening to your physical body and how it feels, imagining yourself do some, doing something. Like, let's say it's you launching your business is going to be something that your parents are not going to approve. Like, sit with that visualization. Sit with, like, what does it feel like to own your business? What does it feel like every day to wake up and Make sex toys or a lubricant, or talk about whatever it is, um, and imagine also how your parents feel about it. Is it is it worth it for you? Um, and if it is, and do it. And I generally just feel like you should do it. Your heart wants, <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. hard because the heart wants vibrators. <laughs> the heart wants vibrators, but the heart also, you know, like I'm, I'm very blessed. Um, so, is Janet, our parents are. So supportive of what we do. I, um, you know, I think they both feel differently about it, but ultimately, they support us, and that's really, I feel so grateful, so much gratitude for that. Yeah, I guess we're we're really lucky that our that our parents see what we do as as valid and important because it, I mean it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's completely. And something about your story that I wanted to. Dig into was like, how did you build prototypes for these? Like, what was that like? Because every vagina is different. So, I'm wondering about how you did measuring, sizing, the components of it. You know, how did you get into that?
0: Yeah. I mean, and every product is different too. So, for our first product, before I met my co founder, which I think, you know, she is a product designer. So, I think. She really had the skills that a lot of people don't have in figuring out how to prototype. But before I met her, one of the first things I did is I took a half dollar coin and I wrapped it in cellophane and I put it in between my labia madura to see if it would stay in place. And that was like <laughs> the very first thing I did, and it stayed in place. And I like ran around the house, like to my now husband. I was like, "Look what I did!"
3: And he <laughs> didn't help with
0: anything. But I, I, I always encourage people who have like a physical product idea, like you can probably make something that proves some kind of proof of concept for really cheap. And then from there, I bought vibrators and I took those vibrators apart to get like the basic wiring and motor. And I would wrap them in moldable plastic that I found from a hardware store. Mm. And that's how I, so I started making hands, uh, made by hand vibrators that my friends could try. And from there, I realized, okay, not like in order to make this work for a range of people, it needs to have a movable component. It can't be like it has to be able to get a little bit smaller for some people, a little bit bigger for other people. Also, not only are all vulvas different between people, but your vulva is different within yourself, depending on how aroused you are, how spread open your legs are, all of that. So, making something that kind of conforms to your body became really important early on. And then, I mean, we did try measuring people that was not (laughs) as successful. We tried molding our own. I was going to say molding. (laughs) We molded our vulvas. I mean, Janet and I really became It's like on your fireplace now. (laughs) Not only because we started a business, but we like sat around and molded our vulvas
2: together. Give it to the hubby (laughs) for Christmas or or Hanukkah. You know what I mean? It's
0: like, what do you do with it? But it was a fun experience. It is it is cool mm. to kind of look at it after. Um, but the problem with those molds is they don't really move the way your body ends up really moving. So what Janet did was she just made all of these different prototypes that didn't work. They didn't vibrate. They were just the shape. So Pete and then we sent them out and people tried all of these different shapes to under so we could get some understanding of what stays in place and what doesn't before we made things that actually vibrated.
2: Wow, can you give us some like statistics on like the current state of how often women experience pleasure orgasms are women masturbating? are they using vibrators, and also the benefits because um not to be devil's advocate whatsoever, but we had a conversation a couple years ago on the podcast, and her opinion was that the overstimulation of that area Could you know inhibit pleasure during sex and all of these things? So, I just love your take on that as well.
0: Yeah, sure. So, I think like to back up just like the state of pleasure, uh, we have a really great blog post. Um, that kind of I wish I could remember all the stats from right now, but there's a lot of research that shows that women are experiencing overall less sexual pleasure than men, whether we quantify that in like the orgasm gap, which. There's research that suggests that men are twice as likely to have an orgasm than women, especially in hookup culture, especially if it's earlier on in a relationship. And then there's also like my favorite study to point to is one where they asked people if sex, how pleasurable sex has been in the past year. And women were four times more likely than men to say that sex has been not at all pleasurable in the past year. And I think that really speaks to just the the entitlement I think people feel as far as is sex even supposed to feel pleasurable for me. And I think that there are a lot of women who they don't think it could feel better. So they're not even trying to make it feel better. And that's because a lot of the conversations we have, like men are never told that sex might feel painful for them. But women do think that sex might feel painful for them. And it, and it might, but it also doesn't have to. Um, I think that just there's more pain for women often in sex So there's that. Um, About 70% of women need clitoral stimulation in order to have an orgasm, which is something that I can't believe we don't educate on. So creating products that provide that stimulation has been key to what we do, even though internal stimulation is amazing as well. Um, And then... Sorry, and then there was like the second part of those questions, which was...
2: so the idea that you know overstimulating that area could kind of um, desensitize that area for sex. So, meaning, if you're not using a partner positive vibrator, you know what your thoughts are on that, or if there's any like science behind that. Yeah.
0: So the research that I'm familiar with does show that there's been no desensitization of the nerve endings from vibrator use in like over long term. So short term, yes. If you sit on your hand for a long time, your hand's gonna go numb. If you use a vibrator for a long time, like your body, um, that's kind of sometimes why even in VDSM where they flog before they spank, you actually can kind of almost warm up your nerve endings and they get they dampen over time. Um, mm. But that's really short term. It's not a, a long term sensation, numbing but you can kind of numb yourself out during a session. I do also think that when it comes to sex, but when it comes to any type of like pleasure reward system with your brain, if something is giving you pleasure and you're doing something, you're going to start creating a habit to have that experience over and over again. So I do think that if you keep on using a vibrator and you use it in this one position consistently... And that's the only way you know you orgasm. There's a good chance that, that might become the only way you really can access an orgasm. And it's not because you're using a vibrator, it's because you're creating a connection, because you're, you're creating a habit and a really strong habit because it has so much pleasure that's tied to it. And um, so I always encourage people to change up their masturbation routine.
2: Uh, what does that look like? So that
0: means, like, look, whether it's making sure you're not watching the same category on Pornhub over and over again. If you're watching Pornhub to trying different products, sometimes using a vibrator, sometimes not using a vibrator, masturbating on your stomach versus your back. I think it's just about having diversity in your routine. I mean, and like also, hey, if every time your partner eats you out, you have an orgasm and you want it and, and that works for you, that's great. Yeah. Um that works for you but i do think that we can continue to learn how to have pleasure in different ways and kind of and i ooh, i think we i think it's a worthwhile thing to explore
2: As our listener, you are going to get a discount plus a free thermometer, baby. Use code ALMOST30 at naturalcycles.com to get 15% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. That's naturalcycles.com. You're going to use the code ALMOST30 to get 15% off an annual membership and a free thermometer. Okay. Small daily actions Ah, they just make a big difference. And I just cannot emphasize this enough. It creates this cascade effect and honestly a snowball effect. So one begets the next really great positive small action, but it almost has like a bigger impact as the day, as the week goes on. Um, And I'm just someone who very much believes in this, whether you're like smiling at a stranger, or maybe you wake up a little bit earlier to practice your meditation, or maybe read part of the book that you're loving, uh, or maybe you integrate a healthy habit like taking a probiotic, which is something that I've been doing for... A few years now, I've been taking Seeds DSO one daily symbiotic and I love it. And I've just noticed that this is the catalyst at the beginning of the day for a ton of healthy choices that I make. Um, And I've noticed a difference when I don't take it. shipping to your door to when you put it in your body all the way through your GI tract, um, all without synthetic or chemical coatings. Um, and this was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics in the microbiome. They are the best in the space. And um, So I just, I trust them and I've experienced incredible results. So trust your gut with Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash almost and use the code 25almost to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash almost. The code is 25almost.
1: Yeah, what was your your journey of exploring your body and getting to know your body? You know, how did you come to a place? What do you say?
0: I don't remember not masturbating. Like love. I literally, I do, like. I was talking about this the other day, and we were going around. Everybody was talking about the first time they masturbated, and, and I had. Is that how we start meetings at
2: Dame HQ? Yeah, I yes, love That's how that. we
0: do it. Um, <laughs> and we had one person was saying like they really remember being like, "I'm going to masturbate today." I am going to figure this vulva out, you know, <laughs> and having like this real clear intention with that experience versus people who, you know, were climbing a rope in gym class or doing something that wow. stimulated them and they discovered something in that way. I remember being as young as six and um, using my stuffed animals as things I was rubbing myself classic. up against. Mm-hmm. Classic. Classic. Yeah, but it's only been... I don't even think when I... You know, it's funny because I can say that so casually now, but I think like five, 10 years ago, it was hard to admit like... Yeah, I used to hump totally. the poop out of Fluffy. Like,
2: <laughs> Totally. I,
0: yeah, it was a security toy, but like what kind of security it was giving me, my mom did not know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But it turns out it's like a really common thing that a lot of young girls do. But even I like had shame around talking about those things out loud. Um, Anyway, so that was definitely a part of my journey was discovering pleasure in my body from a pretty young age and, and enjoying that and even enjoying like... I knew it was bad. And I kind of liked that too, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun to be bad. Um, and for me, I think kind of coming into my own, it's, and I'm still learning, like I want, I'm learning how to just enjoy the pleasure simply for the pleasure's sake. I still taught, find myself really in fantasy land, really like wanting to... I'm married now, we've been together for eight years, and my husband and I will sit around and just talk about how like, you you meet a new person, and there's so much tingles there. And it's really, you you can't sustain that. I think it's kind of challenging to sustain because you know each other. When somebody touches you for the first time, the way that impacts your parasympathetic nervous system, is simply just going to be different than when you know that because your body isn't going to have the same reaction because they feel more comfortable with that touch. So like, how do we keep that spark alive? And for me, it's learning how to not get so caught up in that, oh my God, how is he going to touch me? What's going to happen? Yada, yada, yada. But just enjoying the actual sensation of, of pleasure as it's happening. And that is easier said than done. I definitely feel like I'm on a lifelong... Journey of continue. Like, I don't think when people are like, oh, you're a sex expert Like, I don't feel like I'll ever be a sex expert And I think that's like the coolest part about sex is that there's always like something new to learn and discover about yourself.
2: What do those conversations look like with your husband if you want to kind of like explore new territory for anyone out there who like feels a little bit, you know, shy or embarrassed to like have these conversations with their partner? Like, how could they have fun in starting them?
0: Yeah. So for me, I was, now it's funny because it's like, I thought this was such a unique experience, but now I've heard so many other people have the same experience, which is I was always not, I was never really interested in monogamy. I was always interested both in both genders. So, inter, but mostly heterosexual, so i mostly of dated men, but was interested in having threesomes with them and also interested in exploring outside of the relationship. Which I always thought would be cool. Like, what guy doesn't want a partner who is is down for outside of the relationship? But that was a really, that that makes so many assumptions about like how guys are supposed to want want non monogamy, you know? Like, that's not necessarily true. Um, And in fact, it like caused a lot of issues in relationships. But for me, I would very casually in the beginning of my relationships be like, you know, like I'm interested in non-monogamy or like wouldn't it be fun if we did this? And I actually really struggled because it wasn't hard to say it. It was hard to make sure my partner still felt like I really cared about them even though I was suggesting something outside, which when I was younger, I didn't even realize, like I just thought like, isn't that cool? Like, (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you know, like, totally. I think that 's a stereotype that a lot of people work against, and I feel like there 's a lot of women in your position that actually feel like they can 't fully express that part of themselves because Either they do and they have the assumption that all men want more than one partner. All men want to have threesomes and right. maybe they do or maybe they don't. But it's a weird position that I think more and more people are coming to a place where they're realizing that with the how long we live in life and being married to one person is you know the goal for a lot of people that there is a lot of life to be lived you know, sexually that
0: they want to explore. I think like for my part, yeah, I have two thoughts. One, which is I think A lot of my partners throughout life would also think they were cool with it. it would be like, yeah, of course I want that. Because I'm a guy and that's cool. And my guy friends are going to think that's cool. But actually, it wasn't something that they wanted. And they really did experience a lot of jealousy.
1: So it's the communication with your partners. And then did you bring that in? Is that something you explore talk about with your husband? Or how do you remedy that right now?
0: Yeah, we're monogamish. I think for us and... It was, you know, something that I was much more interested in than him. He definitely likes to make the not so very funny joke about like how he's super down with him, you know, being open. It is like the jealousy on the other side. And for me, I do experience jealousy, but I find that jealousy can be really reinvigorating. It makes me immediately realize that I actually want my partner. Sometimes I, I like yep. kind of I'm like yeah that's my partner. All of a sudden he just doesn't seem as attractive to me. I see some like him flirting with somebody else, and like maybe for a split second I'm like rage, but then I'm like oh. <laughs> I want him. Like mm-hmm. that, it makes me realize that I have such strong feelings for this person. And also like how hot is he that other people want him too? Yeah, and like yeah. so I try to really sit with those feelings and then like appreciate and have gratitude that I'm getting to experience passion, you know? Um, and that was kind of how I moved through jealousy into something that feels a little bit more like conversion. Are you guys familiar with the concept of conversion? no it's when you see somebody else feeling joy that you feel joy too. Mm. So I you know I think some people talk about seeing their partner have sex with somebody else and seeing their partner enjoy that sex and feeling joy simply because their partner's having joy which I think like I mean that's that does sound like love to me, you know like just wanting my partner to have the best life that he can have. Um, I don't want him to feel like he's making compromises for me. Um, and I think that's how my partner feels towards me. But then there is also something that feels really beautiful about having these things that are special to us. So for us, it's about we just defining our boundaries. We tend to take a, if we're not in the same city, approach. I think, and also we're really open with like just letting each other flirt and seeing where the night goes. I think neither one of us wants to have that feeling like they met somebody and they could have had this really fun night, but they're married. So they feel like they can't talk to the person because they had energy or like, you have to like put, like I want him yeah. to just mm. enjoy his life as much as he can and and like expand. And I think, he, you know, he mostly feels that way too. And I I don't know. Uh, so that's how we we approach it. And it's kind of an ongoing conversation. But I also feel like, look, I'm setting myself up to never. I don't want to say to never because I feel like that means it'll happen somehow. But I, <laughs> it's hard. It's harder to, I think, since our boundaries are being communicated. I think he knows and I know that if I'm feeling like I really do want to explore something, I can talk about it beforehand. I feel like we're less likely to lie to each other or cheat on each other because we have compassion for each other's feelings outside of that and we don't conflate our desires for other things with us not feeling inspired by each other. Those are wow,
2: right. Yeah. But, it's it's so interesting and inspiring in that way to keep like a relationship super dynamic and that could look different for everyone. So it looks that way for you and someone might not be able to do what you guys do, but it uh, might be able to make it dynamic in another way. But I think that's sometimes where relationships become stagnant, where it becomes that constant and reliable thing, quote unquote, but then we tend to not give it enough attention and, and almost like review for lack of a better term. And so it just I think loses that loses that passion and that fire. So I just I think it's really interesting to hear about your relationship and, and how that could look for different people.
0: And to be honest, guys, we mostly talk about it. You know, we really mm-hmm. and I, I know that's another common thing I hear in the poly space, which is, you know, we don't really have that many extramarital experiences, but even just feeling like we could yeah. feel yeah so freeing. Like it's it, it, just it almost like else.
1: dissipates the energy around it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, oh, this is, you have the feeling and then you're like, oh, then you judge it. You're like, oh, that's bad. And then you feel bad or you feel shameful. And it's yeah. just like- getting rid of that energy of shame and feeling bad around the whole feeling either makes you clear on if you want to do it or not, or it makes you be like, oh, it was actually just like me wanting to be like a little rebellious in the state and me wanting to be bad and me wanting to like feel this way.
0: Yeah. And I think something that you're kind of touching on there that I think is really powerful within our like learning about our sexual energy and how that can just help us learn about ourselves, which is exploring things that we're not sure like of what we want. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Right. Like completely. I think I want to hook up with somebody else, or I think whatever it is. When you go to explore it, it's okay to find out it's not what you want. Yeah. Like
1: you know, maybe. Have it, you ever done that where you like kind of got into it and you're like, oh, actually, like you maybe you were getting it into the place with someone and you're like, oh, I don't want this. Like, I would. Say has that? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Really? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, no, this is actually not what I want.
0: I've had a lot of sexual. I mean, everything from. I, I think one of my more recent. Uh, experiences was so I was like flirting with this guy at the bar and I was so excited because it was like one of my few nights of feeling like single Al which is like
3: mm-hmm.
0: that part of me that like it's a slightly different personality yes um anyway we were, I had a great time and then we kissed and the second we started kissing I was like hmm, I was I don't actually care about this part at all <laughs> <laughs> so I realized like it was just all about the flirtation and feeling desired And desire, like, you know, like that, that energy. Um, mm -hmm. And actually when we started kissing, I was kind of like, I just wish my husband was kissing me, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. totally. And it's like, it's also too, like in wanting someone to want you. Yeah. Yeah. In like a very general sense, you're like, okay, I want people to still want me. I want to be desired. And of course you want to be desired by your partner, but there is that general feeling of like having others admire and desire what you find to be so amazing is like very validating. So I could totally see that.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's something about when my partner tells me I'm beautiful, like sometimes there sometimes when he says it, I'm like, oh, you just are saying it. Of course. Which is unfair for me, but there's something about getting it from Outside validation like I think you're of course partner, yeah because Esther Perel will kind of talk about your partner feels more and more and more like you mm-hmm. and like yeah. you know which is nice to tell yourself you're pretty but external validation is really powerful in a different way
2: definitely yeah. definitely I'm I'm curious too like you know bringing in toys into the bedroom and how like I don't know if there's any studies on it or what you've heard mm-hmm. from um, your community at Dame about like the male or the masculine um, response to it um, around like, you know, not feeling like they're enough. And then also the response of like, does it feel just as good for them as well to be stimulating? Like if you're going to use the partner toys.
0: Yeah. So like great questions. I think that it runs the gambit. We've had everything from men returning the cust like a product, saying, "Hey, I, my wife like I bought this for my wife and I, and she refuses to use it. Like she's not interested." Whoa! Right. So we've had like that to um, you know. I, I think like we don't actually get customer reviews of this, but of course there are men out there who are who. Are intimidated by the products. Like I'll definitely speak to tell somebody what I do, and the first thing they'll say is like, "Oh, well, my wife doesn't need that," you know. Um, But really, it's not a reflection of them at all, right? I think that there is a surprising amount of men out there who buy these products for their partners and are really interested in seeing their partners enjoy sex. So it it just happens in all the in all the different ways. I think. There's probably some strong polarity, but I don't have any research to support that. Meaning like there are definitely men out there who are like the kind of guys that would literally buy these products because they want their partners to enjoy and they love using that to see the results. And then there's a group of a cohort of men who feel really intimidated by these products and that exists as well. And then as Mm -hmm. far as the way these products feel for them, a lot of men really do like vibration. Um, there are some products out there that are designed to give vibration to both partners Our toys are n- not as much so I guess thin you can really use it anywhere on anybody's body it's a little handheld bullet vibrator that you can wear in your fingertips so like anybody can explore that my partner really likes that on his nipples mm-hmm. um, so, so some guys really like it on their balls and some guys do not. Um, mm-hmm. But then say like EVA is designed primarily to give clitoris stimulation. We have had some men who say that they feel it either on their lower abs or on their balls in doggy style, like their mm-hmm. ball on slapping it. <laughs> and usually they have positive things to say, but some men do are like, Oh my God, this sensation is totally different and I'm right. uncomfortable by it. But most people seem to really like the sensation. Yeah, I love
1: that, and I've I've loved it too. I felt mm-hmm. like it's just an amazing, like, intuitive product for sure. Um, you mentioned something earlier about porn, like people mixing up their porn and and Pornhub. What are your thoughts on on porn, the porn industry, where women should be getting or consuming their porn? You know, because I always am just curious because I just I I, I flip flop on it a lot. You know, of feeling like it's a empowering movement towards people being more open about sex, but then also hearing other stories about the industry. So what do you it's, think?
0: It's both. I mean yeah. it's it's just it's both of those things at the same time. And it's really challenging to like the the when I was in college and like this sex positive, feminist, like I maybe I still am, but really just wanted porn to be empowering, period. Like, I just yeah. felt like it could be, and that's what it should be. And these women um, or or people are, that this is a perfectly acceptable way for people to make a living if this is what they want to do. But then, as I learned more, or my personal experiences with people in the porn industry um, have, have been both, but I've had some really negative experiences that have made me feel like treated, like, you know, just even the way. At, right. Yeah, men in the space would, would talk to me, um, have, has made me has made me uncomfortable. So I definitely think that that's there as well. I think that if you look at the payment structures, yep. sometimes it's not so great. And it's really, it's really like if I was a perfect person, I probably wouldn't watch Porn on Pornhub. I would go and I would pay from a feminist organization where I knew, like, you know, Eric Colossus. There, there are people who make porn from with a feminist lens right. that I think are worthwhile like, supporting. I also yep. think it's really hard to be a perfect person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, like even Erica Lust has had people say not great things about her porn sets. And she yeah. kind of like, in my head, the, the goal of what you would want a porn set to, to be like. And there's also, I mean, see, I think this is a little bit less interesting for women looking for erotic content, but there are can, like the cam girl industry and the way that's really changing is amazing, and it kind of gives many vids, which is actually owned and operated by a woman. I think that they're really looking to help empower the cam girls so that they can make more money directly and have more agency over their uh, their careers. Right, really cool. So I think in some ways the internet is kind of helping women have more of a direct connection and make money, um, and get a bigger cut of the value that they're creating. Um, and then there's also some really cool new ways of uh, getting erotic content. Like I love... Like Snapchat Gipsy, stuff. There's Snapchat, but there's also a company called Dipsy. Uh-huh. Who I'm going to plug right now. You guys should hit them up for... They're great. Uh, mm-hmm. They make... It's like Audible porn. So you can listen to erotic content,
2: wow, which is yeah.
0: pretty cool. Yeah.
1: we're Wow. I love that. Very the cool. audio is cool. And I think, you know, in the Facebook group, we should all kind of share if you guys have any um, feminist porn sites or sites that you feel like are thoughtful in that area. We know of some like Lady Cheeky, Pink Label TV, stuff like that. But I think it would be, yeah, it would be smart to to kind of dig into that because... Um, and I actually want to do a full episode on the porn industry and sort of the, the drug use of some, some of the women of like um, underage porn, of like the discrimination of people just taking advantage of people. You know, there's so much that's going on that is needs to be looked at. And because it is the sex industry, people assume that that's normal or people assume that that is just part for the course. But I think that we could be safer and more thoughtful about it. You know, not not. I'm supporting the industry, of course, but I think that we just need to be thoughtful for the women that are in it, and hopefully, they're not t- being taken advantage of.
0: I, I totally agree. I think that also, like, because it, whenever there's an industry that's viewed as like a shadow industry or something yes. that is like mm-hmm. bad, exactly bad, it allows for bad things to happen there.
2: Totally. Yep. To just go Completely. out
0: blindly support the porn industry, you actually might end up hurt. Like it's it's mm-hmm. not cut and dry, and like I was saying, it's both. So empowering, and it can be so harmful at the same time, or definitely has
3: been harmful.
2: Oh, y'all, I am wearing my shorts and my skirts and my dresses, and my legs are out, and I'm just so excited about it because I have my Osea Undaria algae body oil, and it is keeping me glowing. (laughs) It's making my legs and my arms look just so fresh Three zero pod A30-POD for 10% off.
1: Sometimes I feel like there's the view within the, the porn industry that's like, we all need to support it and we all need to believe in it because it is now being turned into like a thought, a thought as like a feminist movement to support women enjoying sex. But sometimes I think that people force others to believe that thought. And if people want to disagree with the porn industry, I think that there is safety and they should also be able to free their speech that way if they are against porn, if they do not agree in porn. and But overall, we should all come together in the agreement that people should be paid fairly. It should be, the hours should be regulated. Like we should have more of a say in regulating the industry because it is so big.
0: And we should, I also think that doing mental health checks and like whatever, you know, it is an intense career
1: yes of and, course mm-hmm. physical and all of those things
0: and also I just think sex work in general there's I don't know there there is an it's it's both simultaneously can be impo- like the line between when you're being empowered versus when you're being yeah. you know objectified or exploited is I mean really it's a it's a thin line and only you get to decide. Yep, definitely. Um, Um, And just making sure that
3: these people have all the right resources is ideal. Yeah, I actually just wanted to make a point about the intersection that you talk about, which I think about quite often. Is like that. This is my life. Is like the duality of everything. So thinking about being sexually empowered, but also where are you? Are you acting like you're empowered, but you're actually just conditioned to be sexual, and then. You know, there's just so much that goes into sexuality. It is one of the most like layered topics of all time. And how do you manage that? Like, do you educate yourself? Do you continue conversations with you and your team? Like, how do you work through all the different narratives that we are told to in the sexual arena?
0: It's hard. I mean, I think like our our favorite word here at Dame Product is nuance,
3: because
0: it is always nuanced. There is rarely a cut and dry answer to the questions that were being asked. Like, I think what you had just suggested is such a powerful question. Like, if you feel empowered, but other people think that they're exploiting you, are you empowered? You know, like there's no easy answer to that. So, but it's fun to think about. I mean, I think that the nuances and the layering is what makes the topic so fascinating and so intriguing and powerful. I really, I mean, sex is how we exist. Sex is often our most joyful experiences, but it can also be some of our most traumatic. And I think that just speaks to how powerful sex really is in our lives. Yet we just ignore it. We don't talk about it. We don't educate about it. And we're just hoping, all hoping that we're going to have this thriving, passionate sex life. That's going to be somehow indicative of this better life that we're having. Yet we don't, there's no education. You know, Hence, Dame's blog and a lot of the work that we do is... Like, we realized like, one of the things that we do that's really special in the space is we have a big community called Dame Labs and we test all of our products with real people before they get developed. And one of the things we've learned through there is literally just having the conversations so we can find out what products we need to make is challenging in and of itself we don't have the lexicon we you know struggle to communicate our sexual needs so you know that that labs has actually become this really powerful just community of people who are interested in educating each other and expressing their challenges so it's also a, a secret Facebook group too uh,
3: yeah for our girls. And what
2: would surprise people about the benefits of having, um, you know, a a consistent, um, you know, kind of sexual, like private or with your partner, um, that routine, that's how boring. You know what I mean? Like benefits to your health.
0: Definitely. I mean, so having orgasms and masturbating are correlated with just overall higher quality of life, more sexual pleasure in, in your interpersonal sex life lower stress, um, it can actually boost your immune system. Some research has shown that masturbation is correlated with a decrease in, in certain cancers. Um, yeah, but I think it's like, what does it look like in life when you have a, an urge and you satisfy that urge? If you have a desire or need and then you express that need and you fulfill that need, that is what thriving feels like. And sex is a desire and need that we have and I think fulfilling it helps us helps us thrive.
3: Yeah, it's so interesting because it's like sex is related to stress. So your ability to de-stress, stress stress is related to so many different, you know, issues related to health and mental wellness. So there's that point. And then sex is also related to connection and connection with others, connection with people that you love. So the fact that it touches on a lot of different points that are related to healthy, it's just, again, such a nuanced place, but I really do believe in all the benefits that, you know, I I think even the things
0: you just mentioned are connected because when you're when you're stressed, sometimes it's harder to stay present with your, yourself or your partner to then feel sexy and stay in that sexy present moment without starting to think about the to-do list or the email that you didn't respond to. And then it prevents you from connecting. So they're actually really all related. I like to tell people that I think masturbation is our most natural form of meditation. like It's a movement practice that your body urges you to do that forces you to stay in your body like turn off the rest of your day and become really present even if it's within your fantasy lands and have a moment just for yourself which I think is really powerful I definitely find on my days that I really can't meditate that masturbating is a nice little way of getting there <laughs> <laughs> if I really can't turn off my brain using a vibrator can help me. Yeah. I mean, and then it's wild too, because like, I, you know, I, I, we are, I mean, we are stymied by, by so many institutions, like being a female entrepreneur is hard. Being a female entrepreneur in this category is particularly difficult Everything from not being able to run advertisements on Facebook to I, I've had um, office loans denied because of what we do. I've you know just I'm, I'm suing the MTA because they wouldn't let us run advertisements saying that like our products were too sexual, but they allow erectile dysfunction medications to run advertisements. So it's like, all right, and I've realized how much we have to fight. For our right to market and advertise and tell people about what we do because it's often viewed as sexual, like as prurient, meaning like our company is viewed as encouraging a harmful amount of sex in the world. But that's not true. We're just trying to encourage people to have quality sex, to feel empowered to have sex that isn't painful, that feels good for them.
3: Is that a law? that that word prurient, did you say? Yeah, prurient. Prurient, is that like a law that a
0: lawyer would use in like a case? It's literally, it's the word that is often used in like legal documentations that prevent from existing. And I'm always like, well, you know, we're not of a prurient sexual nature, we're just of a sexual nature. And what's wild to me is that people will view erectile dysfunction medication as medically necessary while vibrators are not medically ne- necessary and the argument there is like well men need erections in order to have sex but women don't need vibrators in order to have sex but the truth is like nobody needs to have sex these are both these are both products that help us enjoy sex or enjoy have a higher quality of life and i think the idea that men need erections in order to have sex but women don't need vibrators is one that just centers around the male experience and doesn't really understand like the female body or what women need.
3: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, last question for me, just related to, you know, being a female entrepreneur with your business and your company and working with a co-founder, what has been like your experience? I'd love to just dig into, even if it's at a high level, what it's been like, you know, coming from working at a company as an employee and then starting your own business. I would say I think it's like
0: the HOV lane to enlightenment <laughs> like it I think you realize how you just can't blame anything on anybody else when you're the entrepreneur like it all comes down on you if you ask somebody to do something and they didn't do it like that's still like did I ask them to do it correctly and ultimately like I still need them to get it done So, like, how can I be better? I'm constantly asking myself more than ever in my life, what I can be doing to be better. And while there's some days that that's so hard because we've done so well and there's so much to be proud of and I'm looking in the mirror thinking like, how can I be better? But on the flip side, I really do feel like tremendous personal growth over the past five years. I feel like I have so much more compassion for anybody doing anything because I can see more how everything's interconnected. And I also think that if one day I end up having a salaried job, I would really appreciate it. I would be so grateful to to work for somebody else. Um, I don't know if I will. If I, also, I love working for myself. But I would definitely enjoy something different. Like, I, some, like My friends get annoyed with me because they'll be like, my boss did this thing and it was so annoying. And I'll be like, well, did you think about it from your boss's perspective? So I really become an annoying friend, but they're both really valid and beautiful ways to experience life. And I don't know, I wouldn't change my path for the world. It's been incredibly hard. And
2: I just, I do think it's been a really powerful way of growing um and as as entrepreneurs too it's just like really nice to meet others and just how how you're humbled by managing a team and owning a business and connecting with your community and also empowered and it's a it's a really fun and um
3: growth filled roller coaster it really yeah. is
0: a roller coaster and i think like i think you know feeling humbled is always there are always so many moments where I just feel so humbled by what we're doing.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Definitely. How can um, our community find you and find uh, Dame products?
0: Yeah. So we're Dameproducts.com com or Dame products on all of the internet. So Instagram, Facebook, wherever. I am a fine human on Instagram. Uh, my content This is I'm Alex Fine and I'm a human. Um, I'm not very good on Instagram though, so I don't even know why I put it out there. But if you want to follow along in my journey, that's where you can find me.
3: Awesome. I love that. And then Almost 30 is the code for all the game products. Me and Lindsay have a few of them. We love them. They're so easy to use. gorgeous and just get the job done. (laughs) Uh, This has been so much fun. I'm really just... Excited and inspired by you, and I found our conversation just to be exactly what I needed. You're so good on podcasts and on camera. I wish people could see your face, but thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon. I can't wait to see you when you come to LA. We can, you know, have coffee and we can get more products from you. What <laughs> yeah, I gotta get you guys a positioning
0: pillow, those are like I, guess I will use it for
3: probably just
2: sleep.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, great. it's not great for sleeping, but it's great for eating off of because it's easy to clean. Is it like a triangle? It's a triangle, but it's like, it's kind of, it's too hard to really sleep on. Cause it's got to like, get yeah. your hips up. It, right? mm. use it for their laptops all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Those girls that are like, I don't want to have sex. I yeah. need to burn <laughs> last time. It's a great tool to have in your life. You know, there's so many ways you can use it. All right. Love. Oh, yes. You're a genius. You're a so genius
2: so much for being here. It was a blast and we will
3: see you soon. See you soon.
2: Bye, girl. Bye. Thanks so much to Alexandra. Alexandra Fine sexologist, founder of Dame. You can go to dameproducts.com, use our code almost 30 for 15% off. And I hope this is the start of a conversation. You can join our secret Facebook group where there is over 15,000 women having honest, real, heart opening, funny, inspiring conversations every single day. So I'd love to start a conversation around sex, relationships, and uh, intimacy, pleasure, just things that maybe you've found to be taboo earlier in, in your life. And now we can just have an open conversation so you can expand your world.
1: Yeah, expand that world. And we'll see you in Malibu. We're looking forward to hosting our retreat in 2020. You can go to our website for more information. Your Podcast Pro, Y-O-U-R Podcast Pro has all the resources that took us from our closet floors to our kitchen tables. <laughs> <laughs> it really helped us grow Almost 30. And we just want to support you guys in getting your voices heard in 2020. So thank you so much for being a part of our community, our lives. We appreciate and read every DM and message that you send. We love you very much. Love you. See you on the next one.